1: Newspaper since 1971. Well, it's time for the Ben Jarowski Show as I speak. It's Thursday, July 7th, 2022. The days are flying by so fast I can't even keep up with them. I had to ask my distinguished guest, What is the day today? That's how fast days are going. I will now imitate days flying by. Chum, chum, chum. That's how fast they're going. Uh, headline in today's uh, newspaper to give you an idea of what's going on in the world and also to give you an idea of what we're going to be talking about. Excellent article uh, written in the LA times headline, the last abortion clinic in Mississippi closes its doors. Very, uh, just a very well done, uh, article by, uh, a writer named Jenny Javik. I, excuse me, Jenny Javie. I do not know her, but, uh, you are an excellent writer, uh, Jenny Javie. That is really well done. Uh, uh, article. I call it an article. It's more. It reads more like a column. Uh, she was a firsthand watched as the uh, this clinic in Mississippi called the Pink House uh, was forced to close its doors as a result of the ruling uh, by the Maga Six on the Supreme Court, which has effectively uh, eradicated uh, reproductive rights uh, for women uh, in states throughout the country. Uh, the reproductive rights still exist here in the state of Illinois, but if you are foolish enough to believe that Mag is not going to try to eradicate those rights in Illinois, then you are seriously deluded, and you have not been paying attention uh, over the last twenty years. Uh, my distinguished guest has been paying attention; she's not deluded. And she's going to speak some truth right now. So without further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce herself. Introduce yourself, distinguished guest. Hey,
0: Ben. Thank you. Um, And hello, everyone. My name is Galan Alcaraz. I am um, based here in Chicago, Illinois. And um, I am former executive director of Chicago Abortion Fund. I'm also an abortion doula. Um, I've been working in reproductive rights for a long time, currently not working professionally in reproductive rights, but still stay at the pulse of what's going on Um, and been an organizer and mobilizer advocate here on a lot of different social justice issues um, in Illinois for over 20, 25 years.
1: Yes, and I must uh, point out that, that Galan's a dear friend of mine. Uh, I've known her for a long time. In fact, I met her during the Clinton years. That's how long uh, Galan and I have known each other. Bill Clinton was the president. Uh, our kids went to school together. We raised our kids together, you might say. Uh, and uh, first time, or I, literally this wasn't the first time, Galan, but one of the first times uh, I, I met you or early on in our relationship, uh, you showed up at the gym where I was always coaching, uh, and to pick up your son, and you, you had a button that said "choice" on, and I'm saying, okay, <laughs> Kalon, just put it out <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, so you were never afraid uh, uh, to speak up uh, on this, and that
0: button wasn't nothing, Ben. I mean, I have you seen my jacket that has all the buttons on it?
1: Uh, I'm not sure if I've seen an updated. I'm gonna, version. I'm
0: gonna have to take a picture of it and send it to you. I mean that that jacket is like a conversation starter. I mean, it has buttons all over this blue jean jacket from, I had an abortion to, to everything that's on this, this jacket. I've completely covered a blue jean jacket with with choice buttons. Um, I used to wear back in the day. I still have it. Um, but yeah, it is a conversation starter. I have actually worn it to gatherings and, Got a lot of
1: pushback. Well, please, uh, if you if you think of it, uh, take a picture, yeah, send it, text it to me, and I'll post it on Instagram when I promote this show. Uh, so, oh my goodness, Galen, I could go on and on about personal memories of when you were at the Chicago Abortion Fund uh, and fundraisers we had at the bowling alley, et etc., and so forth. Uh, this is a subject uh, that Galen and I feel very passionately about it. Uh, obviously, I guess she has a greater um, stake in the game, if you will. Uh, I cannot get pregnant. Uh, I can impregnate other people. Uh, so, But I take it, look, I, I take this thing very seriously, uh, Galan. I have the, the best analysis, in my humble opinion, that I've heard on uh, the rights obsession with uh, eradicating abortion rights for women. Uh, came from the late, great comedian George Carlin, uh, who said, they just hate women. And to me, it's always been about that. They can talk all they want about protecting life, protecting uh, the defenseless, innocent child. Uh, But as soon as that child uh, leaves the womb, they don't give a damn about that child Uh, So it's pretty clear uh, that they're a bunch of hypocrites at uh, least. And so I don't think it's about uh, protecting innocent life. I think it's about hating. And I mean hating women, uh, particularly women who stand up for their rights. That's my humble uh, opinion. I'd love to get your thoughts on what you think motivates uh, the uh, anti-abortion activists.
0: Yeah, so I I definitely think it's that. Um, I think it is... It is that hate of women, of women's freedom, um, you know, sexual freedom, autonomy. Um, it's a lot of that. It 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 is. Um, we're a very repressed society. Um, a lot of people have a very repressed mindset, and so it it definitely is that. It is is this hatred. Of women and the choices that they make, and even you know when they when they say you know when white men say feminist and they call them feminazi's and things like that, it is a, a straight up hate of women. I also think it is um, this whole you know the right of trying to preserve the white race and how white women have not been having as many children as they used to. You know, they're choosing furthering their education and their careers and having children later in their, in, in their lives. And that tends to not be a lot of children at that point. You know, by the time they've made the decision um they they're advanced into their careers it's one or two children maybe that they'll have you know after marriage and things like that so i think it is a part of this trying to preserve this white race narrative um that they are spewing um out there into the media
1: and, and the irony to that point, which uh, they've been a little more outspoken on that particular point of late. We'll get into it uh, in a little bit. But the irony, when I first met you, I remember having conversations with you about this. Uh, so many of the anti-abortion uh, radicals would position the, the argument as though they actually cared about black kids, and I remember having this conversation with you, like they would be imploring uh, black women uh, not to have an abortion. Uh, and that would they would call that genocide. He, he, I, it's so f- freaking weird, because as soon as as soon as the black woman has the baby, no help. What? <laughs> That's it. You're on your own, you know, and uh, The rhetoric back then, and you find this in some uh, places even today, Galan, is that uh, somehow or other uh, 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 anti-abortionists are looking out for the interests of uh, black children uh, when they take away the reproductive rights of black women. Please explain that bit of weirdness to me. Help me out there.
0: Yeah. um, Let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard white people Um, when they're talking about white women having abortions, calling it genocide?
1: Uh, no, I, I heard, I always heard that phrase applied. I shouldn't say always, but in my memory, you know, I've always heard, I've heard it applied uh, to black people. Uh, I, I I came uh, aware of it, I think in the nineties, which is roughly around the time I met you, uh, and, uh. Yeah, just it was I always thought it was such a weird piece of piece of political jujitsu uh to like project your weird attitudes uh your indifference and hostility to black people and make it seem like you're their best friends. Go ahead.
0: Right, 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 exactly. Um yeah, it's it's really it's really a odd way of thinking of of how they think. Um you know, wanting to preserve, you know, Black babies. However, social programs are constantly cut and dismantled um, that would support families. Because, you know, the whole reproductive justice model is about, like, if a woman needs support, if she chooses to have a family and, and have children, then there should be all the support necessary for her to have a healthy family. Um, and that's just not happening. Um, every time you turn around, there are, you know, things that are being cut or dismantled, or, you know, now with inflation, I mean, it's it's all these things, you know, if they, I just, you know, saw this in the other day. Um, and, you know, I've seen this, you know, over the course of so many years, but If you really cared about, you know, black children or children, period, or the pre-born as what they call them, um, then you would make sure that there was adequate, you know, um, maternity leave, paternity leave, um, that, you know, families wouldn't have to pay for, you know, hospital bills, you know, to bring, uh, birth children, um, there would be enough supports education and just an investment into these communities, um, that desperately need it. If you really cared about, um, you know, children and babies, as you say, but you know, that's just not the case.
1: Uh, it's absolutely not the case. And, uh, so, when I met you, it was probably a little after I met you, you uh, went to work for the uh, abortion fund. Uh, that's the first time I'd heard about it and uh, through Galan. And I always, uh, I, I have had an evolution on this thing, uh, Galan, and my eyes were open. And I don't know if I've ever admitted this to you, but I, 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 I've gotten more radicals. I've gotten older. Uh, And I used to subscribe more to the notion that you had to accommodate the other side uh, on issues, find a common ground. And then nobody, either side will be completely happy, but uh, at least some basic, you have gained something. And so I say this to, to lead up to the fact that back in the day, I was still, I was alive and an adult when the Congress passed the Henry Hyde Amendment, which prevented uh, Medicaid money uh, to go for abortions. I did not take it as the threat, the existential threat that it was. I didn't realize uh, what a damaging move this was toward abortion rights uh, because that, you know, that was that first accommodation that made this into a class issue. So if women with of means had the money for reproductive rights, uh, you, but if it's limited to just to women who have money, then it's not a universal right. And we've already retreated on a very basic point. Galen, I think you opened my eyes to that one. i got to give you credit. Back in the day, in the 90s or whatever, the early O's. And so talk about what the abortion fund did uh, uh, on this front.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so... Um... So the Chicago Abortion Fund is over thirty years old, um, and it was started, you know, to help, you know, marginalized women that could not pay for their abortion procedures in their second trimester. So that's kind of critical to say um, is that you know, as women were trying to raise money for abortions they transitioned into their second trimester. And so, you know, that was the mission is to support those women um, that were seeking to, you know, terminate pregnancies. Um, And so, yeah, it it is a class issue all the way around because as, as we know, you know, before the Hyde Amendment, it's like, you know, people were, white women were fighting for abortion and autonomy, but for themselves, not for like all women, you know, because it was the assumption that, you know, as long as it's legal, I can fly or go or get there to wherever it is and have it. However, as a whole population of, you know, women, um, black and brown and white rural women as well, that could not access that, um, even if it was legal. So, you know, abortion has been legal, but because of class structures, um, large populations of women could not afford to have an abortion.
1: And uh, so what the FUD did was raise money uh, to provide financial assistance.
0: Yep. We raised money um, to help women pay for those procedures.
1: Yeah. Uh and uh what was was there like a was there a strong demand for the the money that uh the the abortion fund uh provided? In other words, was this a, a an obviously unmet need?
0: Yeah, it, it it was an unmet need. And in fact we were we were really, you know, um we I, I won't say we were the only um, but you know when we say we are providing funding for second trimester abortions, that takes it to another whole level um so it was you know, Planned Parenthood could always you know say, you know where we provide abortions but we do all this other stuff right and you know not doing a second trimester or anything like that we do breast screenings and you know all, you know all that kind of stuff but we kind of stood out from the pack because it's like okay we are specifically raising money for women that has tra- that have transitioned over into their second trimester because they couldn't afford to get an abortion in their first trimester. They're still trying to raise the money to have this procedure. And so, yeah, that's what we did, you know, writing grants, fundraising, begging (laughs) my friends and family to support. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's where we stood out.
1: Bowling fundraisers as well. Uh, and, um, As long as that divide existed, uh, that uh, economic divide existed where uh, middle class or well-to-do women uh, could get abortions uh, and uh, poor people could not, uh, I believe that there was a limitation to the political power of this issue. Uh, The Supremes have eradicated abortion rights across the board, rich or poor. Uh, and so, well, then people say, "Well, Ben, you know, well-to-do woman in uh, Texas will just fly to Illinois to get an abortion." And I'm like, "Well, you haven't been paying attention to MAGA. They want to make it a, a a crime to leave the state lines to get an abortion, whether you're rich or poor." Uh, and so. You're not paying attention. So then there will be a fight over whether Texas law has jurisdiction in Illinois. Women can be prosecuted for leaving Texas to go to Illinois. People in Illinois have to uh, turn over records and documents uh, to uh, Texas law enforcement officers. It's get, it'll get pretty nasty real fast and very uh, lawyer heavy. Lots of lawsuits, lots of prosecutions. Uh, they would be resting in the hands of judges. Lord knows what their backgrounds are. Uh, So, Gaylon, you're a pretty uh, shrewd political observer. You follow this stuff. Do you think that this ruling and this reality, that that class divide uh, will be shattered a little bit, that protection that uh, well-to-do women had, uh, that's going to be threatened uh, under this new ruling? Do you think that may awaken uh, the reproductive rights movement to its full potential in the coming elections?
0: Yeah, I think... I think that there's going to be a lot of women that kind of step up, but here's the thing. Women have been like, um, women have been in like the largest voting block um, period. I think we're going to see a lot more young women. Um, what I'm noticing, like even when my daughter or her friends, you know, they kind of, they're not politically like, holding up signs in the streets, but I saw them posting on their Instagram pages about Roe and, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's going to be a little bit more um, where younger people are kind of stepping up to the plate um, and hopefully, you know, pro-choice people run for office. So I think, you know, what I would like to see happen is that you know? Obviously, pro-choice people run for office, and you know we support those people and get those people into office. Um, but also, just you know, we got to really do some some proactive work. We're really reactive. We we've been watching this the stuff, this this soap opera, this scenario. For years. And so why would we not think that this is how it would manifest? Um, Because they have been at it um, and they weren't going to give up. And so I think that we really need to be proactive, not react to everything, but start to do things like how they're doing it. You know, they've been planning stuff for, you know, for years. Um, and, they're, and, and, you know, they're going to keep on, you know, you saw what, you know, ju- uh, uh, Court Justice Thomas was saying about contraception, you know, and birth control. I mean, they're planning these things and we need to be more proactive. And I just don't think that we are.
1: I agree with you 100 percent. In fact, I, I'll, I'll say it. Uh, there is a defensiveness. It was almost like uh, people who championed the rights of women to have abortions uh, were like a little ashamed. They, they've they been gaslit. This is just me speaking, Galen. I don't know if I've ever shared this. I probably have. I've had so many conversations over the year about this. They've been gaslit, like there's something wrong with getting an abortion. And and Clinton put that out there. I have a lot of guests come on this show. They quote, quote Clinton. Uh, where he said abortions uh, should be affordable, safe, uh, avail- I think it's available, safe, and rare. rare. And so that last rare thing is there's the indication that there's something wrong with abortion. And uh, so then there was a question, well, why are you getting the abortion? Y- y- you know, like, first of all, it's anyone's business. Uh, and second of all, like, what reasons are bad? Do you follow Like, that's not a good reason for an abortion. And I've always thought about that. Like, who are you to judge a decision that uh, somebody's making about their body, particularly in the earliest days of it? So you see what I'm saying? It's like that defensiveness at Gayland that puts people by. Do you think that attitude is going to change? Or is it always going to be this thing where, well, I I don't really want to talk about the actual act itself. I just want to talk it as as a fundamental right. Your thoughts.
0: That's an interesting question. Um, Ben, I mean, we are so, this whole mainstream media and this narrative that the other side has put out there and, and, and has had people believe, um, is is mind blowing. I mean, as an abortion doula, I've actually been in the rooms, the procedure rooms with women holding their hands as they're going through their procedures and it's not like what people are saying. And so, you know, it it's it's wild, but it 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 continues to go back to this control, this control over women um over sexuality, over body autonomy, it's it's control. And so it's like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make a difference, you know, what reason, who what what um what governor just said, you know, even if the child was 10 years old and got pregnant via incest, no, no abortion. I mean, it is really about control. It's not about supporting. It's not about actually loving um, another human being as they make these decisions for themselves. Um, and, and that's interesting because the other side is always like doing this, you know, kind of rooted in love. Um, you know, we love um, the pre-born, but that's not true. That's not true. And so I think, one of the things has to be, you know, cause we can't, we're never going to get them to the other side. You know, I learned that when I was kind of doing this work back in the day, I'm never going to get them to the other side. And so I am just going to have to continue to keep amplifying my voice and doing my work and making sure that I support candidates that, um, that believe what I believe, um, and, and make sure that they get in office, um,
1: all right. Uh, you sent me an article that I was unaware of. I uh, Usually I send my guests to homework assignments. Galan flipped the switch and sent me one. Uh, so I want to thank you for doing that. Uh, and, and I'll tie it to something you were talking about earlier. Uh, the initial resistance uh, to abortion. I truly am with you on this. Uh, it's grown out of like a, a larger cultural wars left over from the 60s and 70s before you were even born, Galen. Uh, and it's, you see it play out in other aspects too, like the uh, the, the resistance, to the legalizing reefer. Uh, is just a remnant of that culture war. Lock people up for drugs is a remnant of that culture war. Uh, and, uh, but the, uh, the, the attitude that somehow or other uh, there was something wrong about women uh, enjoying sex, having sex. Uh, it was nothing wrong with men enjoying sex and having sex, but there's something really wrong with women enjoying sex uh, and having a sex and then uh, having an abortion because they did not want to have a child. And uh, so there was like this condemnation of promiscuity. The article uh, that Galan sent me uh, was an article uh, about Elon Musk, who I think, as I speak, this is still the world's richest man. Uh, This Tesla stock has been falling lately, so I have no idea if he's still the richest man, but he's up there one way or the other. He's got more money than me and Galan put together. And, uh, (laughs) uh, and I help me out now. I think it's he's just. Eight kids? Is that what it was? Is that what it was? I think that's the headline. Uh, no, it's
0: nine. Nine it's, is my the, the article says nine, but that does not make sense. I think it's more like 10 or 11 kids, honestly. Okay.
1: Uh, Elon Musk had eight and nine children with top executive last year. That headline's a little misleading because I don't think he's had nine children with this one woman. Uh, but... The point is uh, he is uh, having uh, children with a lot of different women and uh, is not embarrassed about it. And as far as I could tell, nobody on the the right is chiding him for that. William Bennett is not writing a new chapter uh, to, uh, you know, his book of values. Uh, And uh, I do not see uh, the uh, moral majority condemning him. Uh, (laughs) And uh, so I guess... It's an interesting. One more a double standard, uh, right there, where women are to be condemned uh, for uh, enjoying sexuality. Elon Musk is somehow or other applauded uh, for indulging in it. Uh, I find that uh, one more piece of hypocrisy uh, at stake in this. Right. Uh, your thoughts?
0: Right. right. That's that's wild, ben. Um <clears throat> yeah. I mean, even if you kind of look at, so there's a couple of different things that's happening. Um, Nick Cannon, you know, Nick Cannon is yeah. having a whole lot of babies mm-hmm. on one end, and people are kind of making fun of him, you know, in this whole conversation. And then on the other hand, Elon Musk is having a whole lot of babies, and nobody's really making fun of him or challenging him. Um, and his whole thing is he's, he's helping the underpopulation, you know, um, he's helping the growth of that underpopulation. And he, and he says that, um, he's kind of a, he's a wacko anyway. So not really, you know, falling into that whole line, but, um, it's just interesting that, Yeah, if you want to have a million babies and you get all these women to carry these children for you and have them, okay, that's fine. You're taking care of them though. They're not dependent on other resources to help them. You are rich enough to take care of all those children. Nick Cannon is rich enough to take care of all his children. So I think, you know, that's the thing, that that's their choice, that's their choice. If they're choosing to have all these children is consensual sex and you're being able to be put, you're providing for these children, fine. But for those that do not want to have a lot of children or no children at all, abortion is considered a form of birth control. Yeah. It is controlling birth. And so you are right about the whole culture wars that's been going on, but abortion you know they had the stuff like in the bible and and slaves were you know taking herbs to you know um get rid of pregnancies and so so this stuff is like not nothing new it's not nothing new it's not gonna stop so that's the other thing it's not gonna stop um you know men are not gonna be able to control women in their bodies
1: uh, yeah, I, and I've been. Uh, you're absolutely correct. I think uh, Nick Cannon has seven children, and Elon Musk uh, has ten. Uh, and Nick Cannon tweeted. I don't know if you saw this. Tweeted out a, a solidarity uh, to Elon Musk. Uh, on so weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so weird, and I, and I get your point. Like. They're they're so fabulously wealthy. Well, Nick Cannon doesn't have the money Elon Musk has, but he's got enough money to support the kids. Uh, So it's a little different than, say, Herschel Walker down in Georgia, uh, who's running for Senate. (laughs) Uh, Wow. And uh, who is preaching uh, against promiscuity.
0: Uh, He needs to quit. You know what? I'm I'm so sick of people talking about, you know, this looseness um with women have to be having sex with somebody who they having sex with.
1: Yeah. It's not immaculate conception, Galen. Yeah, absolutely correct. There is it's two parts to this.
0: And and one of the things that I learned when I was doing this work at the Chicago Abortion Fund is people that were against abortion were bringing their children or having abortions. Is it is the same people? Well,
1: that okay. So that is uh, that's one of the little dirty secrets. Yeah. that never gets exposed and you and I know what's going on. Uh there are like I am convinced that Donald Trump there's a very strong likelihood uh, that uh, women uh, that Donald Trump impregnated had abortions. I base that on, I don't have any con- evidence of that other than Donald Trump bragged about uh, how promiscuous he was back in the day, 70s, 80s, and 90s. He's, he's going to Howard Stern Show and brag about it, Galan. And uh, so you tell me that a man that promiscuous is not going to uh impregnate women how many kids does he have i think he's got five or six uh,
0: there's donald got trump?
1: right now that are actually born in, that we know of okay five five damn you're good uh so you know and donald trump is perhaps as responsible more responsible than anybody for the maga 6 the, the decision because he put three of them on the court and that put him over the top so You know, all of a sudden to get to stay in power and a whole lot of power, Galani had to have a marriage with the evangelicals uh, and adopt this hardline view on abortion. Galani, you know, that was not his attitude. We just know that was not his attitude back in the day.
0: Exactly. Exactly. We know that, you know, Ben, I told you, like I've I've sat in procedure rooms holding women's hands and I've had women tell me, I'm against abortion, but I can't have a child right now. I've I've experienced it, (laughs) you know, of women actually talking to me. Not, Not just women calling in on the phone wanting funding because that happened too, but actually holding the hand of women as they're getting ready to have their procedure and telling me I'm against abortion, but I can't have a child right now.
1: Galen, that's so deep. I'm against it is deep. abortion. It
0: is deep. When I'm telling you, it's deep. Yeah, I have, I have, I have experienced it from all sides, all sides, and it's wild.
1: Galen, let's just, just pause and think about that. I'm against abortion, but I can't have a child. Then why are you? Why do you say you're against abortion? See what I'm saying? It's like the gaslit. Why do you say you're against abortion if you're about to have an abortion? Because that just means like once they're done and safe. What are they not going to vote to allow other women to get that abortion? Do you follow what I'm saying? Like, which part of that sentence uh, is going to govern them as they go out in life? The I'm against abortion part or the I can't have this baby part? I don't know like, where their head is at. Help me out here, Gayla.
0: Yeah, they gaslit. They gaslit, you know, being these conservative views, you know, that kind of filtered over into America from like the Puritans and coming from England and stuff and and the church. So, you know, you got to go back into this historical context to see how all this kind of landed here at our doorstep. Um, But just very, very conservative views and, you know, what did Pope what did the Pope say last week? He said something like it was like what did he say? The abortion was like war, something like that. It was it was wild. It's like why are these white men making these decisions for like all these women? And these old white and these old white men, but when you were talking about the politics of the stuff, did you just see that article? I think I posted it on my Facebook yesterday from CNN and it was a secret memo about the Biden administration was getting ready to nominate an anti-choice judge. Did you see that?
1: Oh yeah, no I listen, we talked about that in the show earlier today. That's gets back to the accommodation that I began the show with with the Hyde amendment. This notion of accommodating uh, the anti-abortionists in the hopes that what, I don't know what, how they're so deluded that they, I don't know what they think the anti-abortionists are going to give to them. The anti-abortionists are about made it-
0: money. It's about money and it's about power. It's not really even about women. You know, it's that's what it's about. Because why would you, why, why would you try and be a, I'm, why I'm not being accommodating with you. I'm not going to be accommodating with you. I'm going to call you on your shit. And yeah, we're going to talk about it. Or oh, we're going to argue about it. Like, we going to have a confrontation about it, whether you like it or not. I'm not going to sit up here and play nice with you because, you know, I want your vote. It's like we either agree or we don't agree. And, and let you know, and that's that. You know, um, I remember when I was doing a, a protest Oh, years ago outside of a clinic um, and this old white man was holding up the, you know, that propaganda sign with the look like a so torn up baby or something. Um, but that's, it's propaganda. It's not even from an abortion. And I, you know, I went up to him and I asked him, I said, why are you holding up that sign? That's not even from an abortion. You know, that's from, that's propaganda. Like, why are you holding that up? If you believe, and I told him this, I said, if you believe so strongly in your argument, you do not have to do any theatrics. Just lay out all your facts and let the person make the best decision for themselves. And he went and put the the sign in his car. But it's like, why is it all this? Why is it all these theatrics? Just lay out your argument with supporting facts. They don't have none. So that's why it's all this and this this narrative and these pictures and, you know, it's, it's all that.
1: By the way, I give you a lot of uh, credit for having the guts to uh, approach uh, somebody like that. Uh, I generally stay away. You
0: know, Ben, you know me. <laughs> I, I don't care. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I know Gaylon very well. And I will now resist uh, the temptation to talk about our first meeting where I got a little tasty, of uh, but I believe I pushed back as well. Ah, uh, here we are, 30 years later, whatever. Still friends. All right, Galon. Um, I got to ask you about this. Uh, you sent me the photo, and I was just cracking up when you sent it to me yesterday. So Galen made a name for herself uh, as a pro-choice activist as a result of being the executive director of the Abortion Fund and doing things like walk around with a, a blue jean jacket filled with buttons, uh, testifying to her some belief in this uh, and just letting everyone know, OK, uh, not hiding anything. Uh, and so in 2017, I just wrote about it. It's on my mind so much these days. Uh, Governor Bruce Ronner, a Republican. Uh, signed HB 40, which eradicated the trigger language uh, in the state law, which would have immediately, immediately made abortion in the state of Illinois illegal uh, if Roe was reversed. There was law in the books, folks, that would have immediately made abortion in Illinois, your beloved blue state of Illinois, which you call your little bubble, (laughs) uh, would have been illegal uh, and so, Democrats and pro choice uh, groups like Personal PAC, TC, Terry Cosgrove, I see you, Terry, uh, were pushing hard to get this language stripped from the bill. Uh, Bruce Ronner, a lifelong supporter, along with his wife, of abortion rights, got elected uh, as a, believe it or not, folks, pro choice Republican in 2014. Okay. And went, immediately went about trying to eviscerate union rights in the state of Illinois, another subject. Uh, but. At it, three years into his term, one year ahead of his reelection battle against J.B. Pritzker, uh, he was put in the middle. Very tough decision. Should he sign uh, this uh, bill, H.B. 40, which would take out that trigger language in the state law book and uh, thus alienate uh, the MAGA, that was forces that were taking control of the Republican Party? Uh, or should he not sign the bill and thus uh, betray every principle he supposedly had his whole life? on the issue of reproductive rights. Uh, And so his his knees got a little wobbly there for a while, Galen. So what he had to do was pretend as though he was giving the issue great thought. Uh, And so he had a series of meetings throughout the summer of 2017 as he was, like, studying the issue. And what did I remember, one of the meetings was with Galen. And you and said it
0: wasn't too, I don't think it was 2017, was it? Yes, was it two, okay, yeah, okay. I
1: just read about it, I just researched it. That's how come I'd tell my okay. Mom. Uh, either, either it doesn't matter what year it was. Point is, he met, and there's a picture, it was you and two other women. I don't know who the other women were. Uh, you were the only one not smiling in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla's got this big frown on her face, <laughs> I don't want to be here, so. <laughs> Uh so talk a little bit about that. Uh what did Ronner want from you guys and uh what, what, what how did the meeting go? Go ahead, Gil.
0: Yeah. So well here here's a couple of things, Ben. I think that had he not completely um torn apart like the state's budget or the whole trying to union bust it, because all those things made a perfect storm for him not being reelected. It wasn't just the, it wasn't just the pro-choice thing. You know, it was all those things. He had a bad track record before that. Um, But I get a call from Katha um, from Case, the executive director from Case asking me if I could come in you know, participate in this conversation with the governor, Um, he was kind of doing these like kind of listening meetings. And he wanted to talk to activists on the ground that was doing or had done this work. And so I went down there and sat around his table and talked to both him and his wife, because she was very involved um, about, you know, the situation and particularly with poor women, marginalized women, um, black and brown women um, that, you know, not having the ability to make their the, the best decisions for themselves and the things that they had to go through. You know, trying, you know, paw- pawning valuable things to raise money for an abortion, you know, um, taking odd jobs, braiding hair, cleaning somebody's bathroom to make money. For an abortion, and I just went down there and I just talked to him and told him all those things, and was just like, "This needs to stop. This needs to stop. Women have the right to make these decisions for themselves, and you have the you you have the ability to do the right thing. You have the ability to do the right thing. And so, you know, I I went down there. I spoke to him. I know a, a couple of other people. Um, you know, a couple of other activists. Um, had the ability to speak to him. And then I think I forgot, you know, was it was a days later. Um, well, before, before that, um, before the days later part, then, you know, it was time to take a picture. Um, and I, you know, I took this picture and I wasn't quite frowning, but I did not have a happy face.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't I have a happy face okay.
0: because Ben, you know, me, it's like, I am not for the shits. Like I am not for this kind of tap dancing thing that people do. It's so not real. And I am not a phony person. And so that stuff drives me crazy. I know that we have to, you know, have conversation and be in conversation with people, particularly people that make decisions, but it's just like, some of the stuff be for photo ops, you know, some of the stuff just be BS and I'm just not, I'm just not for it. And so that's what that was. That was what was being projected in the picture because in my head, I was like, this shit is crazy. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And so that's where my mindset was. Um, And then I think, I don't know if it was a few days later or a week later or something like that. It was very soon after that meeting, I got another call to to um, get down get down there. They wanted to have you know they had some additional questions or whatever. As I was on the train going, I. Did I get I think I got an email or text from someone saying that it's it's going to be a press conference. He's getting ready to sign the bill into law. So
1: they wanted you to be part of the crowd around him. uh,
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so if you if you go back and you find any of those pictures, I'm I'm on the stage somewhere.
1: Well, I am now looking at the picture and uh because I, I've been telling folks this all week, my camera's broken so I can't show it to uh Galen, but I am looking at the picture right now. Uh and I sit corrected. Uh it's it's like a uh a, a warrior's face. Uh all serious. It's not a frown, but it's just like uh, uh a serious face. This is no joke. I'm not endorsing you in any way. Uh, and I remember. I don't know if you remember this picture when Rom. Oh man, Galen and I to trash that guy. <laughs> when Rom was going around uh, running when that for black girl. Yes, you remember I that was, black girl
0: on the train platform. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I totally felt her. I would have did the same thing. Don't yeah. be coming up to me shaking my hand for no photo op. <laughs> away from me yeah. like yeah. I, I mean and so yeah. i think that was part that was yeah. that was the the rounder picture was my version of that yes. right i mean i had to take the picture obviously but yeah i'm not giving a smile i'm yeah. not and i'm not voting for you you know i'm not doing any of that like people need to be able to treat human beings with respect and compassion and you you know we all have the 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 right to make the best decisions for ourselves. And you cannot be holding no power in a pen over our head like that. That's just so insane to me. Like, And it's like all these white men doing this stuff. And so, yeah, that was what was being projected into this picture.
1: Absolutely. Well done. Uh, and uh, that was a great riff. And, yeah, uh, and, and the article I just wrote, which I sent you, the comma I wrote, uh, reflected. It, it really hurt me to write these words. I said, I got to give Rauner credit for signing that bill with words I never thought I'd ever say. I'm going to give Ronner because I, I fought Rauner tooth and nails, you know, uh, every day he was in office because I thought he was a abomination uh, and a disgrace uh, the way he was ready to destroy our state in order to eviscerate unions. But he represents the last of a breed of Republicans who are pro-choice. Uh, he he has fled the state. I think he lives in Florida now. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't recall him ever speaking out uh, on behalf of reproductive rights. Maybe he has. and I missed it, but I, I didn't see it. Uh, he certainly didn't go out of his way to denounce uh, MAGA ruling uh, on, in the Mississippi case uh, that eradicated abortion rights. Uh, yeah, he's over it. He's over it, yeah, and he didn't uh, even take a victory lap. He could have taken a victory lap and said, "You know, I'm the one who signed a bill that protected abortion in Illinois. It's to be something something he should be proud of." But he didn't even do that, and just it just shows it's a depressing sign, uh, Galon, uh, that MAGA has taken complete control of the Republican Party, and it's no joke. Uh, you gotta you gotta beat him at the ballot box, otherwise, it's just gonna get worse. That's not my view. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah. I mean, you're right. Um, You know, obviously I was talking about him like a dog with all the stuff that he was doing to our state with this whole, you know, against unions bit, like, you know, him and Ken Griffith was, is, Griffith is like of the same kind of elk. It's like, you know, these, these billionaires, millionaires coming in and want to run something that will benefit them. And so, you know, they're, they're running stuff that, you know, and making decisions that will benefit them and not looking at, you know, the constituents that that are being served. And so, you know, when he was here trying to do all that with the, that whole union busting and withholding money from, you know, a lot of not-for-profits closed and the daycare, that was too much. Yes, you did a good thing with the, you know, the House Bill Forty, the reproductive rights. Um, but you should have did that. Like that—that that is the side of justice. You should have did that, and you ran on that platform. You ran as a pro-choice, so that that shouldn't have been any 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 um, second thought for you. The reason why he lost is not because of that. You know, I think he could have still won um, if he had not done all those other things before that but he was not a politician. He was just a rich man coming in and I think he wasn't Pritzker is, is is rich too, right? He he's he's a rich man too and he wasn't a politician before. But there's a different level. There's a difference between him and Pritzker. And so um yeah, it just that was a wild period. That was a wild
1: period. Uh, no, we could we do a whole show on the difference uh, between Pritzker and Rauner and their instincts uh, and uh, Pritzker's, Pritzker's ability to uh, sort of uh, show um, uh, empathy for people. Uh, yeah, that's
0: it. That, that's it, Ben. You yeah. said that. That is exactly it. It looks like he's... I'm not going to say it looks like, because I don't know. You know. I don't know him personally, right? Um, but it is portrayed out that he is a very caring person and he cares about people. Um, it, by the, you know, I don't know if this is, you know, he's had public speaking or he's practiced this, but it comes off like that. Like he's just very caring to people.
1: He he projects empathy. Uh, and really this is a conversation for another time. We're, we're running out of time here, but I, I it, in, in a way. And, uh, Rauner didn't p- put it mildly. Uh, and, and, uh, so, uh, yeah. And I think you, if you're a billionaire, uh, you either have to be a, just a Royal hater like Donald Trump and just whip up support, uh, by embracing the hate of Americans, or you have to project some understanding and empathy for what people are going through. Uh, Rauner didn't have it. That's for certain. Right.
0: Rauner Um, was like, like Ken. Yes. And they both, and they both left the state. They're
1: both in Florida with Ron DeSantis, uh, a a decidedly anti reproductive rights politicians, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know that. So Rauner is supporting Ron DeSantis. Ken Griffin is supporting Ron DeSantis. He wants to be Republican. He wants to be the next uh, president of the United States. Uh, Galan and he is as against abortion as you can pretty much get so folks let's not kid ourselves there's a fight ahead at Galan definitely a fight ahead alright Galan Alcaraz thank you so much my dear friend for taking time to talk to me thank you very much Galan
0: thanks Ben I'll bye see,
1: I'll see you real soon at the wedding uh, okay. Galan Alcaraz I'm Ben Jarofsky take care everybody